and it's now 9 p.m. in the evening here in Metro Manila, and you're back for another episode of Mysterium After Dark. So I just wanted to kind of balance the equation and make another episode about um, something that I was just making fun of. And I know in another episode I was talking about what a light worker is and what it's not, what you should watch out for. And now I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to talk about what a dark worker should not be and how to tell the difference between a dark worker and a not a dark worker or a blark worker, probably let's call that. So basically, the the key word work is there. So if we're going to come from the word dark worker, they are using the darker aspects of existence to do the work. Now, there are some people out there who claim to be dark workers, okay? The truth about it is they are anything but, all right? Um, If, when we were talking about the light workers, there are a lot of these sanctimonious love and light people who claim to be light workers when in fact they're not. There is something on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to dark workers, and we're going to talk about that today. Now, for the false dark workers, these people have one and one powerful sin, and that is they are incredibly self-centered, selfish, for lack of a better word. The only thing that matters to them is the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I. If they need something, you are their best friend. They will call you, they will visit you, they will give you gifts, as long as you're useful to them. But the minute that you are of no value to them or they don't need you anymore, they will cut you off, they will ignore you, they will just basically make you feel like you don't exist, right? A lot of the time, some of these people have some gifts They have talents, but they're not steering it towards anything global, anything bigger picture. It's just about them. They attend classes just because they want to learn. And then when people are sitting down having coffee after the class, they leave right away because they got what they want. They attend workshops because they're focusing on their own agenda. A lot of the time, these kind of fake dark workers will steal tech from other people. They will attend workshops. They will join communities just to kind of meet people there to steal them to bring them towards their own half-assed half-baked program simply put because these people are incredibly insecure and at the same time they are they completely lack creativity that they can't even come up with their own stuff okay false dark workers um like to talk they like to speak up but they rarely rarely deliver in other words they are just so full of it they're full of talk they're full of Um, complaints they'll always use verbality as a weapon in other words they will go ranting online they will um, make big fusses during group gatherings or stuff or in group chats but when it comes to the act of putting foot to ass and doing things they have nothing but excuses right I've come across people like these, and I've come across them from many different walks of life. Some of them are pretty talented, others of them not, but the saddest thing about it is they won't ever really amount to anything because the thing about them is that their selfishness permeates their aura, 
Okay? Now, some people may accuse me of being that. It's like, yeah, Rob, you're exactly the same. Well, that was the case. Then why would I bother putting up a community to grow? Okay? To help other people learn, develop, earn, etc. And belong. So that being said, the telltale sign about a fox dark worker is... It's just about them. It's about their legend. It's about their money. It's about their needs, their wants. And the minute it's given, the minute they get it, you'll never hear from them again. Like, um, I know one person, a fox dark worker, very talented person, but, and earns very well. And when it came down to it, I tested this person because when we were opening the new Mysterium Center, I just simply asked them like, hey, you know, we're looking for donations if you want to help the community. And this person has taken from the community time and time again and didn't even bother. You know, he's like, nope, not interested. But when it came to them taking, they were more than willing to do it. And that's the thing you got to watch out for with Fox Dark Workers. They take and they take and they take and they will drain you the F dry. And if you come across a Fox Dark Worker, you got to implement boundaries. You need to tell them, dude, stop calling me at this time. Or look, you have taken so much. What about giving in return? Now, another thing too about the Fox Dark Worker is also another opposite end of the spectrum is a lot of them are victims. They complain, they complain, they complain all the time. They're they're such, I don't want to use the word babies, but they're just such pathetic little beings deep down inside because they always think that the entire world is against them. Not all of them, but the victim type of Fox Dark Worker will always think that everything is against them and they're not willing to put into work. All right, there's always a reason for their failure. There's always a reason that they came up short. There was always a reason things didn't work. And they are, for lack of a better word, psychic vampires, all right? They complain. They will say stupid things like FML. Um, they will yap. They will attack on social media. But when it comes down to doing the work of bettering themselves, bettering the community, and putting, getting out of their own way, they won't do it because there's always a reason to blame. There's always a a reason why they can't do it. And they have such a powerful no current. And what do I mean by a no current? You offer them solutions and they have a countering problem for all of it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, no matter what you try to do to make them, to help them get better, to make their lives better, they'll always give you a reason why it won't work and they won't even bother trying. All right, a lot of them are drama queens. A lot of them are, like I said, victims. And they're pretty negative to be around. Now, in an ideal, these people can be guided to removing some of these kind of negative traits. But if it's been hardwired into their system to be victim bags and drama queens, chances are it's never going to go away. Um, they're usually looking not for a place to belong, but for places to dump their vitriol and their negativity. Like, you know, I've, I've met some people who had pretty good ability to develop, to deliver things at times. Like if you ask them to do a task, they'd do it. But right before completing it, they would just ruin it with their own negativity. And that's sad because, you know, they have a great piece of work that they're about to submit, but their attitude just destroys it. So that being said and done, I'm not saying that the dark workers are the way to go because I've met some pretty disgusting dark workers in my day. And the one thing about them, like I said, it's really all about them. And these people, unfortunately, the fox dark workers, not the real dark workers, 
it's not beyond them to do very unscrupulous things to get what they want. I mean, these are the kind of guys that could try to take your girlfriend. Or these are the kind of guys that would try to take a client away from you. They would tell you, oh, oh, no, 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 don't go to Mysterium, go to me instead. You know what I mean? Even if they're part of the community. So basically, they're chronic takers. They're basically parasites, for lack of a better word. And if you've come across a fox dark worker, the best thing you can do is observe them from a distance and start noticing the pattern. Is it all about them? Do they call you when they have problems with their girlfriend? Do they contact you when they have issues? But when it's about you, do they do the same? All right? Are they willing to give to something more than just themselves? Are they willing to get out of their own way, out of their own ego and out of their own narcissism in order to do something greater for others, for people who are less themselves? Another thing too about false dark workers you need to be watch out for, they can also be very, very judgmental, sometimes just as judgmental as the sanctimonious light worker. If the sanctimonious light worker thinks, oh no, your energy is too low vibration, I don't like that. The fox dark worker like to like to judge people. They're just like, well, he's poor or he's fat or he's ugly. I don't want to be around him. He must be beneath me. That's bull crap, okay? You have no right to judge a person based upon their economic standing, their weight, or their looks, okay? Because the true value of a person is within themselves. And if you notice these kind of tactics, just ask themselves, where are they going in life? What are they achieving? Because, yeah, because of that level of selfishness, they may make money, they may be rich, they may do a lot of things, but you you will notice they are usually alone. People really can't stand to be with them for long. And the people who are around them are usually people who are also just trying to mooch and leech off of them. They rarely build something great because at the end of the day, it's all about them. So beware the fox dark worker. Take care, everyone. And it's now 11 p.m. in the evening here in Metro Manila, and we're back for another interesting episode of Mysterium After Dark. My name is Rob Rubin, and I'm the host of Mysterium After Dark, and tonight's episode is sponsored by mysticcandles.ph. Yes, if you want to experience some of the best manifestation and mystical candles the Philippines has to offer, visit mysticcandles.ph on Instagram and order from them. And tell them, of course, that you heard about them from uh, Mysterium After Dark and Rob Rubin Readings, because tonight's episode, we're going to talk about something a bit advanced, which is, what's the difference between manifestation and magic? Wow, good topic, because some people think that they are one and the same when they are not. Uh, Let's just be totally honest when we say that manifestation for all intents and purposes is a very powerful topic, and it's getting a lot of uh, positive feedback, a lot of positive publicity nowadays, but it is still the more watered-down version, okay, of the two. Now, if we want to understand what is the difference between manifestation and magic, we need to understand that all forms of manifestation were rooted in magic, okay? In other words, they were all, they all started off with magic things like the law, the law of attraction, the secret, all of these books started off with the practice of magic. And a lot of the theories were actually taken 
from magical texts like my personal favorite, Initiation to Hermetics by Franz Barden. Okay. However, magic is a more refined, a more synthesized, and a more potent form of manifestation. So it's safe to say, actually, that all forms of magic are actually manifestations. Because yes, if you are, how do I say, practicing magic to cause something to happen in your life and it happens, well, you manifest it. Congratulations. But not all forms of magic, I mean, not all forms of manifestation equal to magic. All right. It's important to keep these two in mind because with manifestation, you could simply go from just the mindset model, which is, you know, as long as my energy is aligned and as long as I'm putting in some work, then I should get what I want. And in most cases, that's enough for some people, but other people want to go deeper. Other people want to do the extra mile or the extra light year. Other people want to understand a little bit more about what they're dealing with. And with that will come the practice of magic. Now, if we're going to define what is magic, magic is basically based upon Aleister Crowley, the art and science of causing change in one's environment in conformity with the will. All right. However, manifestation is basically synthesizing your personal energy, your thought process, and your entire being to basically put yourself in alignment with what you want to get. All right. So it's safe to say that all magicians or mages are manifestors, but not all manifestors are mages. Why? Let's try to compare the two. Magic uh, manifestation could just be considered just fighting, straight up fighting. All right, no style, no discipline, just basic precepts of punches and kicks and maybe some grapples. That could be considered manifestation. While magic is a more refined, systematized approach. This can be comparable to jujitsu or mixed martial arts or boxing or Muay Thai, where it is placed within a particular paradigm in which it has rules, traditions, beliefs and practices, rituals and ceremonies. So basically, if you're practicing manifestation, you're pretty much preparing yourself to get what you want. And people would say, well, why not just, you know, practice manifestation anyway? It's easier. Yes, it's a lot easier. But if you want your manifestations to be even more powerful, then you might want to delve into the study of magic. All right. As I tell people in our manifestation masterclass, in the manifestation masterclass, I don't I like to compare both of them to kind of like cuisine or cooking, okay? Whereas manifestation, I'm not going to teach you any kind of cuisine in particular. I'm not going to teach you French or Mexican or Thai cuisine because that's already specialization. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you the basics of how to cook. So I'll teach you how to bake, how to broil, how to how to simmer, how to fry, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you can cook whatever you want. If you're going to practice magic, you're usually going to align yourself with a tradition and certain belief systems. And that's where your manifestations can get stronger because what happens is in magic, you will be taught certain principles that can heighten your manifestations a hundredfold, like timing, like ritual, like invocation, like evocation, like, how do I say, working with an altar and things like that. Now, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that in the practice of magic, subjectivity is king. In other words, magic is subjective. What works for you may work perfectly for you, but may be a total failure to me. However, 
At the end of the day, it's important that you find, if you're going to go into the practice of magic, the path that works for you, all right? So, example, if you are aligned with witchcraft, then you might want to consider the practice of Wicca, all right? Or if you're aligned with using your Catholicism in magic and praying to saints, then you might want to look into the practice of Santeria. However, if that's a bit too woo-woo for you, if it scares you and you're like, wait a minute, that's already kind of jumping into the dark side is what people would say, then stick to plain manifestation because that's all mindset, all right? It doesn't involve anything outside of your comfort zone. But I like to tell people you can really only go so far with manifestation. That eventually, you're going to need to specialize in something. You're going to need to find something that really fits your paradigm and say, yeah, I'm going to focus more on this, okay? So if you're practicing magic, think of it like taking your manifestations and putting it through a laser, all right? You're getting a smaller beam, but that beam is very, very hot and very powerful. Now, in manifestation, though, we have a lot of beautiful texts out there that exist, like I said, and I recommend a lot of them, like The Secret, The Law of Attraction. But the biggest problem with a lot of these books is they have this bad habit of giving the readers what I call the no man's land. Now, what is the no man's land? If we can sum up a lot of manifestation books out there, they'll tell you these following things. Think positively, visualize it, say thank you for it, practice gratitude for it, and then wait. And then wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until it appears. And it's that waiting period in which people usually lose focus. It's that waiting period where they give up. It's that waiting period where they say, you know what, this isn't really working. And in this society, people want immediate gratification all the time. In my Manifestation Masterclass, basically people will learn proactive things that they can do on a daily basis to continuously empower their manifestations more and more. So if you're going to practice manifestation, don't practice what we call idle manifestation, where you do the manifestation and wait and pretty much feel sorry for yourself. Instead, practice a form of active manifestation where you're consistently doing something about it so that at least the anxieties in your head will drop down. Now, if you're going to jump into the path of magic, it's important that you find something that is in alignment with your integrity, it's in alignment with your personal beliefs, and something, importantly, that you enjoy to do. Because some forms of magic are very powerful, but they've just got so much details in it that it will just cause somebody's brain to explode. Others of them are a bit more eclectic, but it's kind of hard for you to grasp, is this even powerful at all? So that being said, finding the right kind of magic, if you choose to specialize, is very imperative. If not, you might be jumping from paradigm to paradigm and you won't really see the results that you want. So boys and girls, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Once again, brought to you by mysticcandles.ph. Follow them, like them on Facebook. They're probably the best candle creator in the Metro Manila area. Made by manifestors for manifestors. Take care, everyone. Music.